I'm Lorenzo. And today we have Christian with us today. Hello. Hi Christian, how are you going? <laughs> yeah, very good, very good, thanks. Um, yeah, so Christian um, just submitted his PhD, so a round of applause for Christian for that, and he's just waiting for his events, but we thought we'd bring in um, Christian in because he, his stories will be a little bit different. He did a lot of his studies at university in Germany, he is German. Um, so we thought we kind of talk about his journey of how he kind of got into science in Germany and then his reasonings why he moved to, um, New Zealand and doing his PhD and what he's doing now. And, um, we can talk about the future. We don't have to, we can just leave it there. And then we can just talk about any advice that you want to give to students who are wanting to do a PhD, but aren't quite sure if it's right for them. But yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So, um, like with every, um, guest that we have how did you get into science so was it in primary school in high school was there a teacher or was like was it your parents did you go watch a tv show and go oh i want to do that yeah i think yeah i think that one's fairly straightforward it was definitely during high school um and most definitely due to my parents my mom specifically because my mom in fact is a high school teacher as well and she teaches english and biology oh cool yeah um so pretty much at the end of high school, like the last two years, um, I really enjoyed biology. Not as much chemistry and physics. So I was like, wasn't any type of science I wanted to do. It was specifically biology. Yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely how I got into it. What 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 was the thing that really got you into biology and not chemistry or physics? I actually can remember. Um, well, chemistry and physics. Why not that? Because. Um, I didn't like my teachers that much in those subjects. <laughs> yeah. And I also never got the, like physics is a shit ton of math, yeah. which is not ideal. He suppressed the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and um, chemistry, I don't know, chemistry was also interesting, but I, I always found, I don't know, it's a bit, biology is easier to grasp in nature. Like it yeah. directly relates to how, how the humans function, how they work. So I thought that's more interesting than yeah. how the molecules are put together. Yeah, no, we, we all have. I don't know about I don't know about you, Lorenzo, but I had a pretty um interesting chemistry teacher as well. <laughs> oh yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I think we all do. Some of the high school chem teachers are a bit weird to put it that way. And I mean in chemistry and physics as well, you do all those like much cooler experiments yeah. in, in class, right? Biology yeah. you don't do such cool yeah. experiments, I say. But chemistry stuff goes on goes on in flames and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Yeah, you think it's cool up until you think you think you want to do chemistry up till you see the periodic table and you learn what redox is and all that stuff when you go that's not what i signed up for i want to burn things with a bunsen burn precisely and physics is the is the biggest game they have all those super cool experiments <laughs> of like the pendulums and stuff and then at the end of their show they'll be like okay now we're going to calculate how it moved that way yeah like, no yeah kyman i think we need to get some people in who enjoy physics or chemistry too we have a lot of biologists no we will right, um, yeah. i'll like i said i'll see if i can um, get my sister and she has a phd in organic chemistry and stuff so that's okay. why i moved away from chemistry because <laughs> that was her domain and i, I, I was more of a biology no but we will we'll try our best to kind of bring people in doing yeah. physics and chemistry like we're not we're not bagging we're not we're not trying to say don't do those subjects it's just um for christian and lorenzo and myself biology was kind of 
the subject that we really enjoyed and there's people that really do enjoy chemistry and physics as well oh no doubt yeah yeah and we'll bring those people in as well and so we can talk about it um just in case people think we're very biased towards we definitely biased <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no doubt um but just to to go back to your question specifically i think which topic in high school got me into um wanting to keep doing biology further on was um protein biosynthesis yeah so from from dna to yeah. messenger rna to protein that's when i thought oh wow yeah. and that all happens in like the cells all the time that is yeah. pretty cool yeah yeah so um after high school you did your undergraduate at germany yes exactly so um i actually my one was quite a journey wasn't yeah. that straightforward yeah so um i finished high school um not with the best uh, uh what's it called like grades yeah it's a it's a specific thing you do in germany yeah um that you have to do to get into uni yeah. so you, you need to do a specific type of high school yeah so it's a kind of like ib or like kind of like kind of like an sat or one of those i don't know what this is but probably like an entrance exam? yes exactly yeah. It's called higher education entrance qualification. Yep. Yep. And my grades in that weren't super good. Yep. So you can't apply. So you can apply for any um, subject that you want to study at university, but it depends how many people want to get in and how yep. many people apply it. And then on your grades, if you get in this year or not. Yep. Um, so I actually didn't get into bachelor's in biology. So I started doing um, like studying to become a teacher in oh, biology. Cool. Yeah. Um, I did that having in the back of my head that I can like cross like jump over into yep. the bachelor's at at a certain time yep. and that's what I did so the first three semesters I studied to become a teacher yep. but they were so similar to the um, bachelor studies that I could just jump over into bachelor's in my fourth semester was it was there just a lot of students that year or <clears throat> they want to do biology um they were just not as many spots I see. So I did it at my hometown university, yep. Saarland University, and that's not that big. So they only, I don't know, they had like 20, 30 spots every year. Yeah. Not like University of Auckland where you have like a thousand uh, well, students I mean, in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, they have a cap, but then they always go over the cap because right. university is all about um, bringing people in. Um, but no, I understand like we, for New Zealand, it was like for myself doing NCA, it was very... It was relatively easy to get into. It's a, it's kind of like a points situation where mm. if you got like 300 points, you get into this degree. So it was, and then it's based on what you did in high school. So it's slightly different. There's no, I wouldn't say it's an entrance exam. It's kind of like what you did in your final year of high school. Uh, they kind of find a way to kind of tally that up. And then, then they see whether or not you have enough points to get into biomedical, biological science and stuff. So I think... In a way, it's you guys have a lot more pressure because you actually have a have a exam that you have to do. It's for us. It's kind of like we do a whole year throughout, and they just kind of calculate it as you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Similar, similar thing. Yeah. So how was how how was um, studying, teaching in biology at Duke University? Was it? It was, yeah, like I said, it was really similar to the bachelor studies. So it was, yeah. I would actually be in their yeah. classes as well, but then I would do those, um, uh, um, like stuff that only teachers do, like yeah. how to teach and things. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but I yeah. had to do those classes as well. And yeah. I did them because they were part of it, but I yeah. knew I never going to actually need it really. And then yeah. 
after three semesters, you manage to kind of cross credit everything into your biology degree. And exactly. Yep. Um, so I've, I think I've effectively lost one semester yep. um, of time basically, yep. but yeah, then, then went into bachelor's and um, continued there. Yeah. Yep. Was it, is it kind of like, um, like university of Auckland for example, you would have lectures and then labs or how, how was it kind of structured in Germany? With yes. Your so first two, um, some first two or three semesters, you just have lectures. Yeah. Um, and then one final exam. That's actually quite interesting because yep. that's very different to what I've experienced here in New Zealand. Yep. You have your lectures throughout the whole semester and then you have one exam at the end and that's hundred yep. percent of your grade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that puts a lot of pressure on, on, I guess everyone because with you have so you have no assignments whatsoever just that final exam not at all exactly it's just yep. a final exam and one final exam yep and everyone is just cramming yep b before that because no one like hardly anyone really I, I was friends with would revise every lecture at yep. the time everyone would just cram it all in yeah the oh, well, it's, <laughs> it's just the final exam right we'll just leave it with exactly three yeah. weeks to go and then we'll kind of go into it and then and then when when do the lab components kind of start for you? Um, that started for me because the teachers don't do that much of labs, I see. obviously. But um, then when I went into bachelor's or semester four, yep. I had yeah the first undergrad labs, yep. which was super cool. Yeah, yeah. It's was it is it as cool as the stuff that we do? Um, may even be cooler. Hmm. I think they were yeah. Um, they spent a lot of money on those labs. Yeah. So ah, it's been so long. I don't care. So we definitely did some, like DNA extractions yep. in genetics. Um, had some some mice, um, yep. and then found out there was was a mouse model of cancer, and yep. then we like analyzed if those were the cancer positive or yep. negative mice. That was that's that was actually that's cool. actually really good. Yeah, it sounds like that actually s sounds like somebody's summer studentship, whereas you're doing it in undergrad. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, was like basically tiny projects rather than one experiment. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really good because it kind of gears you towards more what research is about because um, we've discussed this before and you, cause you teach um, interstitial biology as well. It's, they yes. do, they do like little experiments every lab, but then if something goes wrong, they don't troubleshoot it. They just kind of like, oh, well, that's what happened. Yep. Just have our results yeah. that we pre-made. Yeah, like those stage one labs are designed to succeed. I mean, whereas your experiments that you do in actual research and academia and even industry, they're not designed to succeed. You don't know what the outcome is or, you know, the hypothesis or a guess as to what the outcome might be. And in a quite high, highly high likelihood that it does fail, you have to troubleshoot it. Whereas in stage one, these stage one labs, a lot of undergrad labs, your troubleshooting is going like, uh, probably human error. Yep, you just go, yep, I panic. Right. Yes, yeah, is that that one question at the end? Be like, why didn't it work? And then everyone will be like, human error, technology error. Pipetting mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it. I mean, it, there are pros and cons to that because, like, we don't want to, I guess, throw them into into the deep end too much. Like that first year of biology labs, you just kind of want to get them exposed into the lab. And then kind of make, kind of give them basic skills that could potentially be used exactly. in the future. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's the first time they get in touch with those methods usually. Yeah. So while technically we do a lot of troubleshooting, you can't troubleshoot anything that you just done for the first time. Yeah. You, you don't know what could have gone wrong. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's okay. The biggest difference to the labs I had in, in Germany is also the time commitment, yeah. time commitment. So you know how they have one lab every two weeks. Yeah. 
and um, for our labs it would be a week yeah. or two of labs oh. with lectures in the morning and then lab the whole afternoon yeah. for one week and then it was all in blocks really yeah, yeah. no that, that's good though because that kind of it's it's in a way kind of gearing you towards what research is going to be in the future because mm. and, and and like i said there's pros and cons to both ways like it's it's difficult to i mean we don't we don't know what would have what we would have been like if we'd done stuff like that but it's it's really just getting the exposure of what the future could be and whether or not it's right for you and fortunately i guess you knew you wanted to do biological science and then you managed to get into your degree and then so did you is there's not really an honors pro program is there in germany no nah, no nah. yeah. you do bachelor's yep. uh for six semester three years yep. and then you can continue on to masters and that's a two-year degree that's a two-year degree yeah so yep. how was how was that did you enjoy your postgrad time more than your undergrad or? definitely yep. yeah no doubt so um bachelor's was actually like getting in as I said, I had to cross yep. enter and then finishing my bachelor's, which actually the hardest part of my whole yep. um, research uh, science journey. Because yep. um, I had quite a bit of trouble um, at the end of my bachelor's because yep. in Germany, you have to do um, basic physics and chemistry in order <laughs> to get your bachelor's in biology. Yeah, They call it like scientific basis or something yep. that you need to do. So I had to do... I think two semesters of inorganic, two semesters of organic chemistry, and also two semesters of physics. Yep. And um, Oh, that is way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost failed um, my physics exam one of them three times in a row, yep. which means you're disqualified uh -huh. to do that degree yep. anywhere in Germany. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was that was quite tough. Uh, yep. I got a, um, uh, what's it called, a, like personal teacher, yep. like a tutor. Yeah. And then um, finally managed to do it in my last go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand how you feel. Physics, that stage one physics paper that we have to do was, that was not ideal because I I didn't I didn't do physics in high school. I just mm. like you, I was just like I, physics. It's just math, and yeah. I don't want to do more math. Which it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's applied math, but um, no. Well, it's it's I guess it's these things that kind of build character, right? It's it's kind of like your origin story about like how it's things that you really do enjoy and you really do want to pursue it's for for a lot of us it's not going to be easy it kind of takes a bit of time to kind of get into it and then you finally made it into your postgrad um yeah or your masters and stuff so how was did you like did you have to specialize in your biological science or was it kind of just more like a general undergrad and a, then you specialize in postgrad a little bit you specialize yep. in postgrad so yep. undergrad is is everything it's not yep. like here where you get to choose you have yep. basically you have a, um, a timetable yep. like school really that yep. you attend do all different kinds of stuff yep. and then for masters they give you um, they basically spread it out on the whole campus all the biological departments yep. and you do mostly internships with them yep. and I think there's like 10 or so to choose from yep. and you have to choose five or something that you do over the next two years where you do your internships so that's where you specialize a little bit yep. so you you know what may interest you and yep. then you can like check out those different ones and see oh this is not for me this yep. actually is for me yeah yep. so did you do more protein biosynthesis throughout that time or did you kind of decide on something else what what did i do i so my bachelor's 
thesis, um, I kind of, there was actually one thing I regret a little bit. I did a lot based on what I want to, like what methods I want to do. Yep. So I pretty much based my decision where to do my bachelor thesis yep. based on the methods I'm going to be using for that project. Yep. Not even that much into the project. I just yep. wanted to do, I remember I wanted to do calcium <laughs> imaging because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And um, then, yeah, my bachelor um, thesis didn't have a good time. And then afterwards, I, I actually kept doing that and yeah. stayed in that, like, imaging and then yeah. fluorescent imaging yeah. stuff. Um, not at all microbiology, what I'm doing now. Although I always had that in the back of my mind. I yeah. did apply for that as well, but I didn't get that specific internship. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you say bachelor thesis, did you have to write a thesis at the end of exactly. your... Exactly. Well, okay. Yeah. So how, how did that work, though? Was it... So, the last six, basically the last semester of your um, bachelor's degree, yep. that is a thesis. Damn. Yeah. So you choose one. Yeah. Um, that's that's when you, I guess, the first time when you have to specialize because yep. you choose one group. Yeah. Um, and then in that group you do your bachelor thesis yep. for half a year and then yep. you hand that in. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's your your last semester. That's kind of like uh, an honors year, depending depending a bit on what your program is, where you do six weeks, oh, sorry, not six weeks, you do half of the year doing research and the other half doing classes. It's, it's kind of scary to, when you think about it, like you're three years in and then you have to specialize and then write a thesis. I don't, I don't think, like 21-year-old Kaiman, I don't think would be able to write a thesis, but I mean... Neither was 21-year-old uh, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> or anyone else. <laughs> I think it's quite common in overseas unis and especially America to do undergraduate dissertations. I think New Zealand and Australia are one of the few that I know of that don't really do much of that. You just have to do the postgrad one because I know at least in the Philippines you have to write a paper or a thesis for your BSc or just your bachelor's. And for me, that's always a bit uh, excessive, I feel. You've done all these exams, assignments and classes and suddenly you're going to ask everyone who might not be going into research for whatever other degree they're trying they're doing to try and produce a dissertation i don't know it's a bit outdated i mean might not be the most qualified person to say that but i think that's not common for us here in new zealand to really hear about that's kind of something you do in your postgrad masters or phd True. i think the um the, the expectations on that bachelor thesis are not too high okay. like your supervisor knows my supervisor basically would tell me oh let's let's see what you've what you've produced today and then <laughs> <laughs> Not expecting too much, and then he goes through everything and says, "Oh yeah, that's uh, not half good." Yeah, not, yeah, but not half bad. That's, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> no, it's 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 interesting to kind of, I guess, your experience is completely different to Lorenzo and mine's one, and it's actually quite interesting. It's to, very different. Yeah, yeah, I think we might have got, I guess, the easy way out: no dissertation, just three years, and then you either do postgraduate diploma or your honors and then you go into your master's and your phd but i mean it's it's interesting to hear how other universities do it it might mm. i mean like lorenzo said we're not the most qualified people to talk about which has the best way to do it because um i guess both ways still produce good researchers and that's the, probably the most important part that um that happens if they both if both ways do work and we're still getting good research out of um students and they end up being PhDs and going to postdoc that's probably the most important part but yeah that's it's interesting to kind of note that like honours is kind of non-existent in a, in a sense overseas yeah. but because um, yeah we, we talked about how you did um, so you did 
one semester in Germany and then did you do one semester in New Zealand? So, uh, actually, um, after my bachelor thesis, yeah. um, I had to get into masters and because I was a bit out of sync because yeah. of my cross yeah. uh, uh, entering, yeah. I had one semester to wait basically until the um, masters start yeah. again yeah. at my uni. And that semester, that time I used to come to New Zealand. Oh. So, um, yeah, I talked to my uni and, and said if I can go there and start yeah. doing some stuff, can I get that those papers I do in New Zealand, can I get them recognized here and yeah. save some time doing the masters and they, they allowed that. So yeah. I basically did my semester abroad for my masters before my actual masters program I, I started. Yeah. So why, why New Zealand? Um, cause mainly cause I wanted to go to an English speaking country to improve my, my language skills. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to go to Great Britain cause that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, just cause it's like so close to home essentially. Yeah. And I didn't want to go to the States because it's so hard to get all that visa or inexpensive to get all that visa stuff. Yeah. And, um, tuition fees which are not cheap in New Zealand either yeah but yeah um so I was looking at Australia and New Zealand and yeah. I've applied f at um applied to enter the technical university in Sydney yeah. and University of Auckland yeah and then I got a reply from both I think that they would take me but I also heard of another guy from my hometown university yeah. that went to University of Auckland and had a really good time so yeah. I decided to come here oh cool so yeah. you did four postgraduate papers in um, actually not. I did two undergrad and two postgrad ones. Oh, really? So I did three, four, seven. Yep. Uh, I don't even know that's what, like what that's called exactly. Bio, like, like environmental, biomedical, and um, and biotech or something. It's, it's definitely in my ec yeah. ecology something yeah. as well. Yep. Um, there was Mike Taylor's paper. Yep. And I did three, four, eight. Um, food and yep. industrial microbiology. Yep. That's when I really wanted to do. That's when I knew I wanted to do microbiology. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I did two medical, like oh, med sci, med -sci papers, um, yep. nutrition something, just because yep. I was interested in that. Yeah. And I completely forgot the other one. That's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, must have been a pretty forgettable one then. Seven or six uh, had Augusto Barbosa. Yeah. And John Taylor, they would all talk about them, like diseases. Um, yeah. Um, that's malaria okay. and stuff. Yeah. So, how was that experience in New Zealand for you that semester? Um. Oh, it's hard to describe that in one word. I've definitely learned a lot during that time. Yeah. Uh, when I came back, I felt like oh, I felt much more confident. I was yeah. like, "Well, I've been alone <laughs> so far away from home, and I've yeah. in in a country that's not my that doesn't speak my first language, and yeah. at a uni that I've never been to, and I've did quite well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've, I've managed really well, like living alone for the first time. So when I came back, I was like, "Oh, I can, I can kind of do what I want now, right? Yeah. If I've done that, I can, I can do um." Yeah, B whatever I feel like. Did you did you enjoy your experience in New Zealand as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. obviously New Zealand is a super cool country. Yeah. I lived in the um, university accommodation. Yeah. So I didn't have much problem finding friends. I yeah. had a, I don't know quite quickly had a group of like ten or fifteen, mostly American. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exchange students. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a good time in in that sense, and yeah. also. Um, quite enjoyed the the papers I did because I can choose them right yeah. like yeah. there's. I decided to do those specific papers yeah. and I got quite lucky. I consider myself really lucky to do yeah. the three, four, seven paper. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those papers. I don't, Lorenzo, I don't think you had the opportunity to do three, four, seven though. Nah. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those papers that really it's, it, you, you learn a lot, but you also, 
you have lecturers that are very passionate and interested in what they're doing and that's exactly. very important and um yeah well we I've, we've already shout out mike taylor with um giselle a couple of times but yeah, yeah mike taylor has been i think for a few of us have been a, 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 i guess a good inspiration like someone that we can look up to because they did a really good job teaching us and making sure yep, yep. that we fully understand what's Mike happening. and Gavin really both of them they're such a great lecturer team yeah so you did your semester abroad and then you came back and did your three semesters in Germany to finish off your masters or? yes more or less yep yep so um I left New Zealand November 2015 and then I yep. came back in June 17 yep so um what's that is that one and a half year yep yeah yeah, so you exactly. finished your master's and then you decided to do your PhD back in New Zealand. Yes. Yes. Um, I decided that, I don't know, probably already when I left, when I left New Zealand, I thought, oh, am I going to, am I going to come back? Because <laughs> uh, you're going to get into more detail that I had plenty of reasons to come back later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was actually Mike Taylor who offered me the PhD position. Yeah. And that's yeah that's what, what i took then yeah, was that offer. during your time in in germany in germany, like in germany. Okay. yeah yeah so you just kept talking to mike taylor about the whole situation and then you finish off so what was your master's what did you do your master's on in germany um if you remember i do kind of imaging <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but that was this time a bit more by chance yep. so um what i've learned from my bachelor thesis um and which is also going to be the advice for later yeah um, I choose it based on the group rather than the the work. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew the guy um, that I did my master's with from my undergrad and yep. he was a lovely professor. Yeah. So I joined their group and did it. Um, it was, um, what was it? So they worked on, on honeybees and it was all about um, memory and learning. Yep. And um, yeah, I did. I did calcium imaging on um, honeybee neurons, basically, and I was looking at a at a compound at that time. Um, it was a pesticide yep. uh, that they put on the on the fields and how it affects the the bees. You know, with, yep. with so many bees dying, and yep. that was one of the things uh, that was investigated at that time. So yep. yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Oh, cool! And yeah. then you did your masters, and then Mike Taylor offered you a PhD, and then you flew back here. And now you've been here almost almost yeah, three and a half years three and a half a bit years. more almost yeah. four years how was the um so in terms of doing your master's in germany comparing it to your phd experience in auckland was there a lot that was very similar or was there a lot very different to how things were um in terms of the research part because i know that you might i'm sure you would have done a few more papers in germany but throughout your master's was there more papers for you to do Papers as in like, like lectures and yeah, classes. And yes. Um, yeah, masters in Germany is about half half. Yeah. So half lectures, half yeah. labs, yeah. and and um, like in like long term lab internships. Yep. Yeah. So, and just talking about the research part. So being in the labs for your masters in Germany compared to Auckland, was there a lot that was different, or was it just very similar? That, that was very similar. Yeah. So, I'd say it was a bit different, yeah. but the reason why it was different was me rather than the yep. the place where I did it. It was just because I learned more yep. and I became more self-sufficient yep. as a PhD rather than a yep. master student in, in Germany. But it was pretty similar, yeah. And I actually want to bring something back 
just a previous conversation before this when Christian mentioned that he was picking projects, you were picking more so because of the group, the research group rather than the research project itself. And yeah, it's just interesting because that's definitely one way to do it. Because I know some people go with the people that they know, they'll go with the people that they're familiar with because some people like working with people that they know they can work with since that becomes something very important in the workplace, especially if you're committing three, four, five, six, seven years into a PhD. And also like to mention that for any other listeners that might be deciding on a PhD, you can do that way and go with familiar people or with a group you know very well. Or you could also pick purely based on the project. It's obviously got its pros and cons. The pros is obviously that you've picked your project, you've picked a project yourself, so you have your agency in that and would more often than not be the topic that you would want to do your research in after your PhD. Obvious con being that you might be picking a group that you've never really worked with before, so you don't know what the people are like or something. That I thought was interesting is that it's something, you know, people need to consider if you're going into academia or research, is you can either pick based on your project or pick based on the techniques you want to employ, or you can pick based on, the say, the research group and the kind of work they do, too, or more so how they operate, since, like I said, the the people you get along are the people you get along with that they pass the vibe check. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. So in terms of well, we can talk about your PhD. So what did you do your PhD on? Um, are you allowed to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, but I have to kill you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I looked at um, chronic sinus inflammation as a as a disease. So my PhD was very medical based for a microbiologist um, and I looked specifically at the microbes that live up your sinuses and what role they play in that chronic sinus inflammation and specifically how that microbial community changes or gets affected by the antibiotics those patients take yep. in order to get yeah, to feel better yeah it's um, it's one of those things where like I think with um, bacteria and gut and the gut microbiome and all these bacteria we didn't really pay too much attention to it until mm. probably recently we actually started to realize that all these bacteria in our bodies are actually a lot of them are very useful for your body as well and if you um, don't have them for example like Christian said if you take antibiotics you actually decrease the amount of bacteria in your body it's mm -hmm. important to kind of see what effects that has on your body when you're taking these things because you're essentially trying to stop something by taking the antibiotics but then you're also causing other effects in your body that may not kind of show up um at, i guess when you were doing the um taking the antibiotics as well but it's the did you enjoy your phd oh yes absolutely yeah, yeah. um I st so i'm still the research i'm doing now is still directly followed on from my phd and i'm still yeah. enjoying that very much yeah because like um i'm sure lorenzo sees this a lot and i'm sure you do as well like online there's a lot of people who kind of go on those confessional pages and be like, oh, I hate my PhD. Um, why am I spending three years of my life doing this? Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it's, that's why we, we, we want to bring you guys in because like for Lorenzo and I, we knew that research wasn't for us. We did our masters. We, I personally, I think there was a lot of underlying issues with um, that year, but it just wasn't for me. And I just wanted to be out in the community like I really still love science and I really love research. I just don't want to be in the lab doing it. I want to, <laughs> I want the researchers to do it and then I can kind of talk to doctors and the public about 
this research because that's kind of where I want to go but it's always good to kind of bring people in that's why we kind of brought you in and all these other people in because we want people we want to show that there's a stigmatism of like PhD is hard it's not worth it but and that's all you ever see you only ever hear about the bad stuff in in public we want to bring people in like you got other people as well that really do enjoy research and kind of would advocate going through the PhD path and yeah that's why we, we wanted to bring you in to kind of talk about it there's there's also that stereotype that all scientists wear white lab coats with a pen in their hand and in the lab the whole day like being that those scientists you know split off into researchers you have people working in corporate people working in, with media as communicators trying to explain to laymen what the what, what the researchers come in um for example, the whole recent thing with COVID vaccines, there's quite rampant misinformation being spread. Uh, it's even more important nowadays for science communicators to be able to digest and break down information that they're getting, that we're getting from these research facilities and give it to the public and explain to them why the vaccine has been produced very quickly compared to other vaccines, why it has to be given as two shots or why some of them have to be held in dry ice for one reason or another all these kind of explanations that they have to be able to explain to someone and reassure them that this is a very legitimate thing and it will save lives. So that kind of area, people don't really, some people might not see it as science. No, I mean, they are definitely scientists too. They are just not the ones in the lab. They're slightly different in the same way that not all engineers build bridges. There's different kinds of engineers. There's different kind of artists. Some artists make music, some artists do paintings in the same way that there's lots of different kinds of scientists. So the whole point of all this is to kind of bring in different scientists of different backgrounds to showcase what, what's there, what, what, what's out there, and hopefully one of us or one of the people we interview can give a story that will resonate. Yeah, so we just, we just yeah, we, we appreciate what you do. That's probably one thing that we should say. Research, being in the labs and stuff isn't for everyone it's yeah. it's it is difficult and um it's yeah it's it's one of those things where you really need a good like you said a good lab group you need good support crew around you and the belief in yourself that you can do it as well and um yeah we just thought you'd be a good person to kind of talk to about all of this because you are you've done your phd you're still mm. doing research as well and we don't get to hear a lot from these people we because Science is one of those things where it's all about we support others. That's that's kind of the best way I can kind of see it. Like even in biotech companies and stuff, like there's marketing, there's the finance and stuff. Science is always about helping others and supporting others. And um, we don't really hear much unless it's like breakthrough science. Like, oh, we found this cancer, <laughs> cancer <laughs> therapy that's going to destroy all cancers. But we just want to, yeah, we want to bring people in like yourselves who really are passionate about research and um like lorenzo said like if one person or two people hear this podcast and really do are untrue about phds but hear about it from you and others that we bring in that research could be their calling but they're not sure just just know that there are people out there who do research and they really love it and they really enjoy it it's not like they do it because they're like oh crap i've done a phd i have to carry on my research now like you guys are wanting to do research because you guys still have a story to tell in, I guess, that chapter of your life or in the research where you guys are as well. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know it was there were such bad stereotypes out there, really. I mean, 
being in the lab with your lab coat and your yeah. pipette is definitely part of it. Yeah. But that's, I don't know, like less than half probably of, so that's one, one part of doing the PhD that I enjoy. You, you never do the, the yeah. same stuff for yeah. a, a long period of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, during your, during your three years, you do uh, different projects, right? It's not, yeah. so you have your, your one big project that's you, that you work on, but it all cut down into smaller yeah. parts. Um, so you have that, and then writing is a, is a big part yeah. of, of research. It's like some argue the most important part. And then what's yeah. never talked about is actually um, presenting your research to, to your peers, right? Or yeah. sometimes even to the public. Um, Giselle may have mentioned that she was invited to that yeah. um, public event about autism. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that if yeah. like all those, um, all those people come to listen to you, what you have to say, because yeah. you're the expert, right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's very admirable. It's very, like, it's very difficult. Like you just think that, oh, you do a PhD, you just are in the lab, but you have the writing aspect, which is difficult. You've got the, I, I always find presenting to like professors and stuff the hardest part, because it's like, I'm just a student. You guys are like actually like professors in a field. And I'm just like, I don't want to make a fool of myself when I'm talking. That's exactly the thing. So that's one part why I, in my opinion, doing a PhD is definitely worth it because at the end of your PhD, um, you, you're an expert yeah. in your field. I mean, it's a very specific and narrow field. So obviously you're still not uh, knowing it all. Yeah. <laughs> but in that particular field, you, you're up there with um, with the other experts um, yeah. in that same field. And the, the more you the more you get towards the end of your PhD and the more of those talks you've given, the more confident you feel yeah. um, actually. And you can feel that from those um, other professors and experts as well. They They listen to you. They... They want to hear what you have to say. They consider you as yeah. a as one of their um, colleagues now, rather than yeah. just a small student. Yeah, it's it's one of those fears, right? Like you, when as a student, you don't want to make a fool of yourself. But then it's just that learning process of there. It, 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 it sounds scary and looks scary when you're sitting, standing there and talking to. But it's it's, sure, a, learn, yeah. it's a learning experience. Exactly, you, you get better and better, and there there to help you they're here to kind of discuss and troubleshoot and explain they will question you but don't take it personally when they question you they're all they're just asking why you did this and this and kind of making sure um i guess their input if you think is important enough to kind of go into it. and then like you said once you get your phd you are you are an expert and they then you're st you're on the same i wouldn't say the same level but you're on a level that they can respect and trust and kind of believe in what you say and do but it's 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 really cool like it's yeah. it's i mean it's yeah you don't hear off you don't hear much about phd you just hear the bad side and that's and yeah. that's on facebook and stuff and like on those confessional pages yeah because yeah. that's what they're for right yeah. they're not uh, uh i don't know sharing the happiness pages yeah, they're all just not, it's confessing like, bad stuff <laughs> yeah, you, you just need like one person in that to be like i'm yeah. like my, i'm doing my phd i'm really enjoying it these are the reasons why we why I'm doing it. And that's one of the reasons why we kind of did this podcast as well. It's kind of like, we want to talk about all aspects of research and why we left and why you guys are still in research. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's really good to kind of talk to people like you that really are, are still in research and really enjoying it and got something to talk about and in, yeah. in your field of expertise as well. But yeah, just on those, um, on those uh, uh, websites, you got to read the comments yeah, <laughs> you know, because they always 
they, they should be like cheering people up i reckon <laughs> no sometimes sometimes they probably put more fuel to the fire they're like oh, really yeah. oh i feel like those comments instantly devolve into becoming a group counseling session over negative things rather than anything positive they all just kind of like pile on those kind of negative posts um you find social media end up attracting people who feel the same way about the same problem and it just ends up adding on and rather than going ah actually this is the opposite and if you do find someone who says the opposite like oh i'm actually enjoying my phd you could call the shill you get you could call someone who's sucking up to the university it's like you know i'm pretty sure this person would do the research project regardless of the university it's a bit difficult the internet is wild christian it's, it's mm. Yeah. Clearly, I haven't been dabbling in those <laughs> in those areas of the World Wide Web. Yeah, which seems to be good. Yeah, it's 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 it's. I mean, yeah, it's mm. there. There are good and bad, and a lot of people want to see the bad rather than the good, and yeah. it's very difficult from time to time. But that's okay because you've submitted your PhD. Like we're just waiting for your defence at the moment, so you have to defend your PhD. Um, and um, we won't go into too much detail about defending. It's just essentially a presentation. People come in either overseas or, or I mean, for you, it'll probably be... Uh, overseas person will be, I assume, yeah. yeah, and one from New Zealand. Yeah, and then um, what are you doing at the moment to kind of wait for your defence? Because um, you see you have a lot of exciting things that you're doing at the moment. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> I got, got quite lucky that I got a position as a research assistant in um, the same group I was doing most of my um, PhD research in and I uh, guess I have to go into a little bit of detail so the yeah. last part of my the last chapter for my PhD thesis was essentially um, research on biofilms so I grow biofilms in the lab and then um, put different antimicrobial agents on them like some are just um, everyone knows um, Betadine, the yep. orange stuff you put on your yep. on your lesions or whatnot. Um, see how stuff like that acts on the biofilm if it if it kills them effectively. Um, sounds really easy. It's, it's a bit more tricky to do it actually in the lab, but yep. um, yeah. So some external companies have contacted us and want us to test their new products or cool. old products in like a new a new angle with the yep. biofilm, and that's what I'm doing for those companies. So that is really cool because it's like so close to to application yeah and not i'm not only doing the the experiments in the lab so again i'm not just in my lab code um yep. that that also involves like the initial communication with those companies you know tell them what we are able of doing um figure out what the questions what what questions they have and and how to answer them for them and then draft up um experimental designs and also um cost and time requirement yep. so it's a the whole package basically you're pretty much like your project manager and yeah. um then also you execute your project yeah like you're learning yeah. how to like advertise and market what you're doing and making sure exactly it's not just that science part it's all the other things communications building relationships with people as well that's all things that are very important in society and just yeah. in general so and um same thing again it it um just boosts your confidence if if because you you that communication you have with that company it's there's there's like the big guy sitting there right like yeah. the ceo and yeah. and what's the guy chief um experimental thing like chief, chief cso yeah, chief scientific, scientific officer. officer yeah so 
it's like the big boys of the, of their company and you're the one making suggestions to them and and they say oh yeah that that's a really good idea it's just yeah. it's just a great feeling right yeah <laughs> it's and it's it's yeah it, it kind of gives you a sense of purpose right like you can kind of exactly. see yes, that where your phd really well. has kind of gone into industry so it's not just like you have to do research and then stay in the university to do research there's always applications outside of the university that could that you've done in your phd that could out in the community as well and that's yep it's it's it really just depends on what you're interested in and where or not you kind of want to go in that route as well there's a lot of things but it sounds very interesting and intriguing to kind of see what happens with the biofilms and other companies i'm sure you've signed like confidential agreements and stuff yes. to see <laughs> yeah. so that's one of the downsides so that's actually not a perfect example when you talk about doing research for the passion of research that's actually yeah. not quite the case yeah. right because if i find something that they don't want to put out there necessarily. I, I can't publish that. Yeah. Um, so like, like Lorenzo said, there's so many different types of research that you do. And my one has always throughout my PhD been quite um, application oriented, yes. like in the medical field, right? Yeah. There's other research where, where, where that's not the case, right? Yeah. If you just figure out some, I don't know, metabolic pathways. Yeah. Um, but then based on that, the next person, of the next project will eventually go into application. Yeah. So yeah, as long as you keep that in mind, you can always find your work extremely interesting and yeah. necessary. Yeah. yeah. And it takes and it takes a bit of time as well. Like like you said, you you wanted to do science, and then you were interested in protein biosynthesis, and then because of Mike Taylor and that paper, then you kind of were, I guess, you kind of realized that microbiology is kind of where you want to go. So there's we're not telling you to kind of decide this is what I want to specialize now. There's always time to change and always. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And if you do, for example, if you do your masters in a lab group, you don't have to stay in that lab group. You can go to another lab group to do your PhD. There's, there's no harm in ch changing where you do your PhD. Cause you might, might, you might've done your masters might've been like, Oh, I really wanted to do this. And then once you've done, it, you're like, Oh, that's not really right for me you don't have to stay in that field. You can kind of go into another field. It's all about just the techniques that you've learned. There's a lot of techniques in science that are, I guess, they're very overlapping, like imaging and all those things. Yes, so it's definitely. easy, I guess, not easy, but there is not, you're not going to be stuck in your master's research and in that group, you can move somewhere else as well. Yep, and um, I think you raised a really good point there. Um, I think it should be more acceptable to to change yep. even while you while you're doing a degree yep. so say you start your phd and after a year you like you hate your group and you hate your work yep. just stop it and and start all right you lose a year yep. but because i think those are the people that i don't know they get really sick of it and they start yep. com complaining of course. Uh, publicly but it's yep. nothing wrong because everyone thinks I don't know, it kind of makes you a failure yep. if you give one thing up and start over but there's so many um um, reasons for people to stop there and start over yeah. that it must not be a bad thing at all and yeah. it might be quite the opposite actually yeah which kind of which kind of ties quite nicely to um i guess the last part of our episode is just if present christian could go back to 18 year old christian and give him advice of um, give him any advice or just and then anyone kind of in the situation of um maybe they've started their university in Auckland and um, they want to go abroad and kind of get some experience out of universities, what advice would you give to those people and what advice would you give to people who want to do a PhD but 
aren't too sure about um, if it's right for them. Mm, okay. Um, I've talked about it a little bit before. I think the, the most important thing that I would tell my younger self again yep. would really be don't focus too much on the techniques that you want to work with or the project. Focus uh, at least as much, if not more, on who you're going to be working with because I think that's the most important part. Um, reason for that being, especially for a PhD, for example, no matter what topic you choose and how dedicated you are and how interesting you, you, you find it at that time, it's not going to go as you plan it, right? You, you, you make all those plans, oh, I'm going to find this, and then based on this, I'm going to do this. Yep. But you may not find your first step for the first two years or even throughout the entire time. So the project's always going to change, and it's never going to be as you planned it out in the beginning. If that happens, which is the rarest thing ever, you, yeah. I don't know, you win a Nobel Prize, really. If all the PhD, the PhD plans would, would work out as they're planned in the beginning, there would be mind-bogglingly great research, yeah. and so that doesn't happen. But the group stays the same, more or less. I mean, there's always going to be a few people leaving, but yeah. your prof and probably the senior teacher, um, the senior research fellows and technicians, they're going to stay. And they're the ones that help you through the bad times when it doesn't go as well yeah. and they'll come for sure yeah. so i think that's that's um the reason why to choose the group yeah. rather than the um the field Ob obviously you don't want to yeah. you don't want to do it just based on a group and then they give you a project you already know you're not interested in at all because yeah. you need some some passion for it so uh, find a healthy mix between those two for whatever your bachelor thesis master thesis or yeah. especially phd hmm. is there anything else that you want to say lorenzo no no that's it that's great cool so i guess that's the end of this episode thank you so much christian for coming along oh, no uh, worries at all it's <laughs> it's been really good to kind of talk to you like i didn't i mean i didn't know that you had to you were you, you applied to be a teacher for a little bit and then got yeah. into biology. it's it's always interesting to kind of learn new stuff from people but um hopefully people listening have also um i guess not i guess in a way don't be afraid to kind of go elsewhere go abroad and just see what happens like with christian he there was a lot more value than he thought he was going to get he's got more confidence in himself and um exactly it's challenging but yeah. it's it's rewarding right yeah. you got to accept the, the challenge and make the best of it yeah and if you're worried about it that's probably a good thing because if you're worrying about that decision it means that you care enough to worry about it if you don't care about it then maybe that's not the best decision for you anyways yeah all right thanks guys thanks a lot